All right, everybody, now's the time. Brown right, motion, tailback slant. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for fucking dinner, all right? On one, ready? Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys, episode three of the 2018 NFL season. This is our look at the upcoming week three games, and in this episode, we'll cover the regular weekly picks, Andy's total prop tees, and also get to your news of the week. But first, with me as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy, the prognosticator, Atridge. How you doing, Matty? I am doing well, my friend. How about yourself? I'm pumped, man. I'm I'm really looking forward to this week. Yeah, um, I agree. More, more sort of some stuff out, right? Yeah, Stuff's it's it's out. more of curiosity that uh, triggers my excitement. I want to see which teams are for real, which teams aren't. That usually comes to the fruition in week three. Um, obviously, we did not have the best week against the spread last week, but you know who else had a tough week? Who's that? NFL place kickers. Yeah, they ate it. They ate a bigger bag of dicks than we did. Yeah, they did, uh, to the tune of 19 missed attempts. That's brutal. It is brutal. And, sorry, last I checked, the name of the sport is football, right? It's it's football. Yeah, you should be, well, like you said, all the leading scorers, you know. Well, the, yeah, I did. so I did a list. I, I looked up uh, the top scorers in the history all-time NFL, and I actually stopped looking after 30. But guess what the first 30 had in common? Got to be kickers. They were all kickers. You got George Blanda mixed in there as a kicker slash quarterback, or rather quarterback slash kicker. But it, it's just, it's ridiculous. And then you hear stories about, you know, Jerry Jones letting Dan Bailey go because he didn't want to spend the 3.5 mil. How many games come down to the wire where a kicker is, a quality kicker is money? Like, you know, um, Vinatieri, um both the Colts and the uh, the Patriots had his, the luxury of having him as a as a money guy at the end of the game. Mike and how many games? And Vanderjet, like how many how many championships do you really think that the uh, Patriots would have without Vinatieri's awesome leg? Oh, he won so, at least two, at least two, at least two. The one in Carol, the one against Carolina, really comes to mind when they scored like thirty one points or thirty two points in the last quarter. Uh, that was. Don't call me on this. Two thousand four, but anyway, you get my point. Uh, kickers are important. Kickers are people too, Matt. Pickers, kickers yeah. are people too. But really, and when it all comes down to it, they're just out there alone, swinging their damn leg. That's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, we see a revolving door and see who goes where. And uh, I hope these guys get their act together. Uh, I'm glad we got Robbie Gould. He was actually named Player of the Week. Um, Dude, last week I like I don't find myself really having pity on tons of other fans, but I actually wanted to cry for Browns fans last week. Just wanted to cry for them. Oh yeah, yeah, that was Gonzalez. You know, missing an extra point to you know end your drought with an extra point. Yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. But anyway, we all move on, and uh, just like they do, we will too. Um, let's move on to news of the week. Uh, 
A marijuana museum has opened up in Las Vegas, and with the Raiders' imminent move to the city, the NFL team should team up with the museum. They should open up an exhibit titled The NFL Ganja Experience, where we can all celebrate the NFL players' love of weed. To, to name about a few, how about Hall of Famer Randy Moss, busted for smoking weed in college while on probation, which got him kicked out of Florida State. That's right, folks. Getting busted for weed and playing for the Seminoles will get you booted from school. But if you're a rapist, allegedly, like James Winston, they'll cover it up and get you on the Heisman ballot. And now, who can forget Cowboys guard Big Nate Newton, who was busted with 175 pounds of the hippie lettuce, which is essentially the equivalent of about one quarter of his body weight. Really? That should be allowed. Yeah, it's, it should be allowed, but it is a little too much to tell a cop it's just part of your personal stash. Uh, there's so many examples we could do a standalone podcast on football players and weed. Yes, the NFL and weed, they go together like Lawrence Taylor and Underage Horse. Hey, man. Am I driving okay? I think we're parked, man. There was more discord in the Steelers locker room as Antonio Brown didn't show up to the practice facility until Wednesday. A former Steelers employee even tweeted that he wouldn't be the receiver that he is without quarterback Big Ben. Yeah, I believe we have audio of his agent Drew Rosenhaus talking to Steelers management right now. Treat me right fucking now! In a tell-all memoir, the pornographic actor Stormy Daniels details salacious descriptions of her time with Donald Trump wonders if he's fit to be president and claims that he offered to cheat for her in his reality TV show. Let's hear an excerpt from the book by the president himself. This is describing Ms. Daniels before one of their encounters. It's tremendously big and tremendously wet. When speaking to writer Chris Heath about his new album, Egypt Station, Paul McCartney, the 76-year-old music icon, recalled the time that he and John Lennon masturbated together with a small gang of friends. Quote, when it was was over at John's house and it was just a group of us. And instead of getting roaring drunk and partying, I don't even know if we were staying over or anything. We were all just in these chairs and the lights were out and somebody started masturbating. So we all did, McCartney explained. Well, that would certainly explain the lyrics to the song, Come Together. Come Together. I'd say that's probably enough dick jokes. Let's fire it up. It's our weekly picks. And uh, as you all know, we do not pick the Thursday night game because Thursday night football is absolutely atrocious. So we skip right to Sunday where Andy's Niners are rolling in to Mahone's KC Chiefs. Six and a half point favorite, man. Who who Mahone's the Chiefs? Uh, Well, uh, let me break this down for you, Matty, okay? So KC's played two games in a row where they got up to a big start. They have the worst passing defense in the league statistically, but that is, of course, because teams are playing catch-up, throwing through the air. So they're averaging over... 400 yards a game. The only team allowing 400 yards a game. In fact, they're out averaging 430 to be exact. Now, on the other side of the ball, 
you've got Jimmy GQ, who's trying to prove himself with his new $27 million a year contract. And Marquise Goodwin's going to be back in the lineup, so I heard. And I think this is a great spot for KC and Andy Reid to start crapping the bed. And I'm all over this one at six and a half. I've seen it at seven. Um, but don't be surprised if uh, there's some money line action on my side of this. Uh, this is a brilliant spot for San Francisco. All the pressure is on Mahomes. This is his first home game this season after two spectacular uh, road appearances. He's not thrown for six touchdowns again. Um, everyone's all hyped up, but this is a, a result of a uh, an overinflated line as far as I'm concerned. Well, Andy and I, if you guys were listening last week, only disagreed on two of the games. And uh, one of the games, I, ha- I I will admit I was wrong. I chose the Jets to beat the Dolphins. And yes, I was wrong. They didn't, they didn't cover. Now, Andy also uh, said that the Giants were going to beat the Cowboys, which I disagreed with. I was right on that. So we were one and one on our disagreeables. And this is going to be a disagreeable. Uh, Mahone's at home. KC may have the worst passing defense in the league, but they also got one of the best passers in the league over the last couple games. If he stays hot, this uh, six-and-a-half-point line is nothing to cover at Arrowhead. Well, that's nice that you're basing your information on 120 minutes worth of um, actual regulation time. Well, that's uh, about how much regulation time you saw Jimmy G play before you signed him to all that money, right? Um, he still won five games in a row for us, so there's six and there's six of the last seven games straight How up. How's he? How's he done the last couple of games? Hey, hey, you don't worry about that. Yeah, there you have it. So that'll be Andy and I. That'll be one of our disagreements. Andy, now I will tell you this: nobody knows more about the Niners than Andy, and uh, he's usually a little better on the stats than I am. But I got a, I got the hunch, man. Casey's going to keep that rolling. They're they're they love to start off fiery in the beginning of the season, even before this year. And I know oh, you're absolutely don't like you're absolutely trends. right. But then they they hit a wall, and I'm saying the wall is going to be this week. You say and you're it, saying the wall is this week early, so week three, yeah. just because your Niners are in town. Well, hey, here's the uh, water. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> Welcome to Atlanta. Where the players play And we ride on them things like every day Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming And parties don't stop till 8 in the morning Welcome to Atlanta where the players play And we ride on them things like All right, Hotlanta, three-point favorites against the uh, suddenly struggling New Orleans Saints What do you make of this one, bud? Well, suddenly struggling They've, the last Before this season, they started the last four 0-2 So this is kind of Normal territory for them, if you want to say this. Atlanta still has safety, Ken O'Neill out, and linebacker Deion Jones out, which is huge. The two pro ballers. And, and they actually suffered some more injuries on the offensive line. Now, the Saints, on the other hand, haven't looked as good as I thought they would. Um, they are rushing for 52 yards per game on the ground. Again, small sample size. Um, you've got Mark Ingram still out. Uh, but I think this, you know, these guys each other a lot and they know each other and i can't imagine that that new orleans is not going to be playing balls out on this one not to say that atlanta isn't um some teams are good on the road some teams aren't new orleans um for example is 10 and 5 against the spread in their last 15 on the road and giving them three points again yeah you might might call it a lazy spread in the uh, same division but I'm looking for the Saints to make a statement game here. 
Yeah, and I think that statement is going to be that they suck this year because they're going to go into Atlanta and fold faster than the Japanese origami champion. Um, Atlanta, they showed last week that Matty Ice said, if, if I can't throw it to somebody in the end zone, I'm just going to rush for a few touchdowns. So they, and you know what? They can get the ball down there as well. And uh, the Saints, they're having trouble moving it through the air. They're having trouble moving it on the ground. And their defense is super porous. Uh, I can't see them going to Atlanta where Matt Ryan always plays well with a good Atlanta defense and coming away any better than they have the last two weeks. Well, I guess we're going to have to disagree in this game. Too many. <laughs> we're a real Wilbon and Kornheiser, a couple fiery guys. <laughs> this is like the most respectful discussion ever about football. Fuck you, Maddie. Let's go into the next game. It's got Denver at Baltimore. Baltimore's uh, five, five and a half point favorites is bouncing around a little bit. What do you think? Well, it always sucks to come across the country, right? And Denver's coming across. And Baltimore always does play a little better at their home. Um, they did not look super awesome until it was basically, you know, they were down 24 points and the defense started playing a little prevent last year, last season. What? Or or last game, pardon me. What do you mean against the, against the Bengals? Yeah. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, it was basically almost garbage time by the time they start throwing stuff. Yeah, I mean, last weekend, uh, since he was up large, like three or four touchdowns, and then Baltimore made the, uh, made the effort to come back late in the game. Um, as you said, you know, since he was playing a prevent defense, um, not a big deal, but um, five points. I'll tell you what. I will tell you what, man. I, I will tell you what. Their rookie, Philip Lindsay in the backfield, is putting on a clinic. Uh, Terrell Davis came out and said, and by the way, he asked Terrell Davis permission to use his number. Terrell Davis said, yep. And he saw this kid in preseason, and he saw this kid in the first two weeks. And he came out this week and said that he could easily beat his uh, touchdown record. That's high praise. It is high praise. Praise so, from Caesar. And they are averaging, by the way, 157 yards on the ground per game. And mm. I like that recipe. I like that recipe. Yeah, I Travels think, well. I, Travels I agree. Well. And the, their defense is no slouch as well. Vaughn Miller's in a few categories right now with Khalil Mack. I, I'm tempted to take uh, Denver on the road. Well, well, good, you should. Hey, we agree. Hey, we agree. Yay. Well, fuck you anyway. Fuck you anyway. <laughs> this is a sports discussion. You're going to get angry. So speaking of Cincinnati, they're going into Carolina this week as three-point underdogs. Joe Mixon is out. The Panthers lacked luster in... Last week in Hotlanta, you know, the spread was six or six and a half, depending where you got it. And, you know, it was a seven-point game. It wasn't like they played horribly. All right, so Christian McCaffrey, I think he got 12 catches out of the backfield, which isn't cool, considering now Cam Newton is your still your best runner. <sighs> Keekley's in there. I, You know what? Um, I, I, I think Carolina needs this win a lot more than Cincinnati does. Uh, the three points don't scare me. That's kind of a whatever thing. So um, I'm going to take Carolina Panthers at home, and I think they're going to win decisively. Wow. Another – this is like the most disagreeable episode we're going to ever have, I think. I, I Cincinnati, I watched that game last week. They they were on fire. 
And I mean, until their coach got them playing the prevent defense just to not lose the game, they were really on fire. Like they were, they were coming after uh, the quarterback and the running game. I would have to say that um, I like Cincy here. I like them to, because uh, they, they tore it. They gave it to the Ravens last week. And uh, Andy Dalton looked awesome. Which is weird for me to say. It's coming out of my mouth right now, and my brain the said, red that rider doesn't work. The red rider. But yeah, I'm going with Cincy, buddy. The bungles will uh, find a way to not bungle. Let's move on to Houston. We disagreed on another one. This is just a. Uh, this is unprecedented in almost wise guys history. I don't think it is. Um, I I don't know who you're picking here, but I got to I got to guess who you're picking here. So why don't you just lay it out, and then we can talk about the game. All right, Houston is at home against the uh, New York Giants. Uh, the G-Men last week were uh, Andy's pick, and uh, they shat the bed as I predicted, and I predict another bed shitting right here. I think Houston will cover the six point spread. Now tell me why I'm wrong, Andy. Well, you know what, Matty? I've, I've just found out it's a lot more fun to disagree with you than it is to agree with you. Um, I'm, I'm on the same side. The Giants looked freaking horrible. Horrible. Yes. All facets Eli of the Manning. game. Eli, Eli Manning. I don't know. It's looked like his old man could have uh, uh, done a better game under center. They could have put Cooper, the oldest brother, out. <laughs> and he could have done better. Well, so... The Giants in the last their last nine games have failed to score more than 17 points in eight of them. Like it's an anemic offense. And he's got the weapons. He just can't get them. He can't get the ball to them. And if you think about who's on Houston's defensive line with Watt and Clowney and Merciless, forget about it. Yeah, they're not they're not moving the ball. This is a gimme. I'm I'm actually really surprised at the at this line. I don't know who the hell is betting on the Giants, but um, as long as this thing stays under a touchdown, this is a gimme as far as I'm concerned. We move on to Jacksonville. The Jaguars coming in off a big win against the New England Patriots. They're facing the visiting Tennessee Titans. This one's off the board. And uh, this could be a letdown spot for the Jags after a big win against the Patriots, right, bud? You're absolutely right. I mean, Jacksonville probably has the atmosphere around the locker room that they just won the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, getting revenge against the team to put them out. In the AFC Championship game, a game that they probably should have won. Now, it's off the board. So what, are we, what exactly is it that we're talking about? Um, we're not sure if Mariota's going to play or if Blaine Gabbert's coming in. Um, I don't Shit. I, you know what? I, I, there's not a huge discrepancy between the two. Um, maybe one and a half, two points to the line. But if you see Tennessee at anything at more than plus seven, I would be all over it. I, I know. That's, that's what I, I, I will totally agree with you. You know, I, I'd take I, Jacksonville 100% anything under, like, let's say six. Yeah. Um, well, no, let's let's call it eight because I think I saw some lines up around nine and a half. Okay. Um, earlier in the week, but tenuous at best. I, this is going to be a letdown spot for Jacksonville, Tennessee. You never know what you're going to get, right? Yeah. Every crap week's shoot. a little bit. It's a crapshoot, but just the emotional win uh, from Jacksonville. They're probably celebrating uh, into today, I would think. Um, so, and if, if you see if you see a line below eight for Tennessee, take them. 
on to the suddenly hot Miami Dolphins facing uh, Chucky's Oakland Raiders at home in Miami. Miami are three-point favorites, and uh, that that actually looks a little bit low considering the play of the Oakland Raiders, which is best probably described as dysfunctional, eh? Well, you know, but they had every right to win that game in Denver. Uh, that came down to the last few seconds. They let that game slip away. Um, interesting stat, um, all three teams in Miami, or sorry, in, in Florida, rather, including Miami, are 2-0. and So you've got a perfect 6-0 and record. Um, I'm pretty sure Jacksonville is going to win the game. We'll talk about Tampa Bay later. Miami's coming in at minus three. I like Chucky in this one. I do like Chucky coming in Coming across country. I do. I think he sorted things out. It looked like he had the ship rated in the first three quarters of the Denver game. Uh, you know, and that's a divisional one. I think uh, I think Miami might be surprised about what Oakland's going to throw at them this week. Uh, it's easy to it's easy and fun to pile on Chucky, but I think he's going to put a good scheme together. Not you know Tannehill, Carr, whatever. Uh, they're about the same. I just think that uh, Oakland is going to be a bit more fired up than Miami will for this one. This one is uh, so close to call. I'm going to go with Miami at home, anything under three and a half. So right now you got it at minus three. I'll take Miami at those odds. I think anything over a field goal, I might trust Oakland to uh, to spoil it. But I Miami's playing pretty well this season. They're at home. Oakland's coming cross country. Yeah, they almost put it together last week, and I know that's in Denver, but I don't know. I think the fish will at least win it on the money line. Oh, I'm, I'm calling a squish of the fish. Please hang up and try again. Well, the fish's uh, divisional rival, uh, Buffalo Bills, are going into Minnesota this week as 17-point underdogs. Andy, that is crazy shit, right? That's college it football. Is. That's a college football line. Well, it's not an Alabama line, but it's a normal college football line. And you can't spell Buffalo Bills without going through three L's as in losses, which is exactly what the Bills record would look like on Monday. So really, the only thing to discuss here is how much of a bloodbath this game is going to be. Now, the Vikings have the Rams on deck next Thursday night, which could suggest that maybe they take their foot off the pedal later in the game or possibly even take some of the skilled guys off the field in the fourth quarter. I mean, I trust me, man, I feel bad for the Bills. They had to play the Chargers last week. They're playing in mini this week, and they get to go to Lambeau next week. Yeah, they're not just a great getting September creamed, for getting creamed. Yeah. And I don't, I don't care who the hell you are. Seventeen points for a professional football team is too many for me to bet against. So oh, I'm going to hold my nose, and I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I agree. That 17 point spread is utterly ridiculous. Well, I mean, it's it, like Minnesota. It isn't. It isn't. But. <sighs> You, you just you look at it and go, what, what, what? A professional no. team should be able to cover 17 points. Especially when you get Shady McCoy, right? Yeah. And, and you got to. Their defense isn't horrible. It's not horrible. And your quarterback, yeah, he's, he's young. He's young. He's he new, looked but... half decent last week. He looked better than Nathan Peterman. He, he actually gained yards. Stevie Wonder looks better than Nathan Peterman, Matt. Yeah. Stevie Wonder's got a tight spiral. <laughs> I've heard that. 
All right, the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles at home against the Indianapolis Colts. The Eagles six and a half point favorites on Carson Wentz return. Well, obviously the Eagles have uh, not impressed a lot of people so far this season, which is fine, which is fine. The defense is playing all right. Obviously the story of the week in this game is that Carson Wentz is coming back. After a long, a long time off. And we're not sure if the rust is off yet. Uh, we do know that they've scaled down their playbook significantly uh, to make sure that he doesn't have to do more than he needs to. And then you've got Andrew Luck on the other side. And, you know, people were complaining, oh, you you taken Luck against the Redskins last week. Well, look who, look who won, right? So I, I'm not scared of this line. I'm not. I, I like I like Indy. I like Indy. Um, Andrew Luck's going to play really well. They've done things on their defense that are pretty good. Philadelphia's still obviously got a better defense, but they've they've looked anemic on offense with uh, Mr. Foles, the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, uh, Indy's Indy won me on the money line last week, even though they were underdogs. That was a good money line. What was that like two fifteen, two twenty? Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. a good, that was a good win. It was a good win. That was good odds, uh, too. I couldn't believe they were giving them away. I would definitely not suggest taking Indy on the money line here, but I think they're no. going to keep it close and under a touchdown, so that's my pick. Washington Redskins, go fuck yourself. Sure, we'd be happy to take your money. Yep, just go to our Kickstarter page. Okay, nice idiot. Uh-huh, fuck you. Bye-bye. All right, the professional football team in Washington, the... Uh, they're playing Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers and his gimpy leg are coming to town in Washington, three-point underdogs at home. Well, you hit the nail on the head there with the gimpy leg. It's kind of like Carson Wentz. The rust is off. We don't know exactly what we're going to see. Uh, with an injury like the one Brett Favre, or Brett Favre, Jesus Christ, Aaron Rodgers has, uh, this, this type of injury takes like three or four weeks to really heal itself. So, again, they're going to dial down their playbook. And you've got Alex Smith, who I'm a disciple of. Uh, I watched him very closely in, in San Francisco, and I've always thought he's been a great quarterback. Now, here's a stat. Washington's defense has allowed the fewest yards in the entire league so far, again, after two games. You know, sample size isn't huge, but they've allowed the fewest yards in the entire league. That doesn't speak well for your boy Alex Smith, though, does it? If they can't win those games. Well, he keeps the defense off the field. The other, or sorry, yeah, he keeps his own defense off the field. And I think that you're going you're gonna to see a lot of um, short targets with Jordan Reed and, and Chris Thompson out of the backfield. Um you're giving me three points at home with the uh, the professional team from Washington. Uh, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that a lot. And once again, we disagree, my friend. <laughs> Buddy Bianculana there, Aaron Rodgers. He, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Buddy Bianculana. Jesus Christ. I haven't heard that name in fucking 25 years. I don't even know why I pulled that out. It's like uh, he played third third base for the Royals, I think. Third base for the Royals, right? I remember because I used to watch him come to town when uh, the Jays would play the Royals, and I thought he had the funniest. Absolutely. That was the 85 series that they lost. Yeah, it was. So anyway, Aaron. Aaron. (laughs) 
But Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, he's uh, he wasn't a hundred percent last week against Minnesota, who's a better team, and they tied him. I and we both picked uh, Minnesota to win that game with with the points. Well, we so, didn't. I at mean, the time of the, in fairness to us, at the time of the recording, we didn't know who was playing quarterback for the Packers. So yeah, fair enough. But now we do, and they're going into Washington, uh, who is not near as good as the Minnesota Vikings. Not on defense either. Say what you want about this, not allowing a lot of yards or whatever. Like you said, your boy Alex Smith is just keeping. Yeah, because because defense is really underrated in the league. <laughs> it is. Well, you're not allowed to hit anybody anymore. Flag football coming to you. Brought to you by the NFL 2020 Rules I've Commission. Heard, I've heard of such things. To live in LA, California. What you say about Los Angeles? Still the only place for me that never rains. To live in LA, where every day we try to. The Battle of Los Angeles. The LA Rams at home against the LA Chargers. And uh, the Rams are laying seven points. So when you think of the Rams, well, obviously you think of their offense. It's prolific. They, they're racking up points left, right, and center. But you know what? Surprisingly, as good as that Rams offensive is, the Chargers are averaging almost 50 yards a game more than the Rams on offense. That is surprising. It is surprising. Again, we were, we're, we're dealing with small sample sizes here. But the Chargers but, have looked pretty good thus far, too. Like they have, they've been moving you know, the they ball. They played the Bills. They, you know, it's not like. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. They played the Bills. But uh, coming into the season, I kind of circled them to be a team that would go deep in the uh, AFC uh, Championship, like perhaps to get to the championship game. And nothing is real. Well, other than uh, Bosa not being in there, and Lord knows when he's coming back. That they got some bad reports today that it's going to be a few weeks. Which let's. You know, let's call it spade a spade. That puts a lot more pressure on Melvin Ingram, right? So you can't you can't double Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram at the same time. Joey Bosa's out. Guess what? All your schemes go to the side of where Melvin Ingram is, and that's kind of crappy for them. But um, they've still got a lot of other good guys on defense. And goddamn Philip Rivers, he's due. Um, I like. I certainly don't like the Chargers to win, but I it, I think this game is going to be a lot closer than a, a touchdown. And so as such, Maddie, I will be submitting my official pick as the L.A. Chargers. You know, I'm actually inclined to agree with you at seven points. I like the Chargers. But I have just a question for you because I was thinking about this. When would you take the Rams? Four and a half? I'd probably... Four. Yeah? Yeah. Just over a field goal? Yeah, four, four and a half. That's kind of no man's land. As I say, I don't think the Chargers are going to win out, right? They might. Yeah, but I agree. But, I, I agree. I think they can cover seven points. You know, it's uh, the Battle of L.A. Live and die in L.A. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next game, Maddie. This one's, ooh, this has got to get your, you, uh, the hair standing on end on your on your arms, right? You go in down to Arizona. Your Bears are going down to Arizona. Arizona are at five and a half point underdogs. I'll tell you what, Maddie. Give you a little history lesson in case you didn't know. So before they were called the Arizona Cardinals, they were previously called the Phoenix Cardinals. And prior to that, the St. Louis Cardinals, which I'm sure you remember, but you know what they were called before that? 
the Chicago Cardinals. This team's owner at the time, Chris O'Brien, bought used jerseys from the University of Chicago. He described them as faded maroon clothing as Cardinal Red. And that's how they got their name. And that happened in 1898. Well, just because you changed the color of your jerseys doesn't remove the amount of suck. Obviously, you were the second best team in Chicago back then. You're still a, a poor man's. You're not even a poor man's Chicago team. You're a poor man's Bills team. Arizona, you stink. I'm taking the Bears. Stop Bears. Stop Bears. All right, I'm going to throw one stat for you, right? Go ahead. Get ready for this case and pay attention. Since 1992, teams that have been shut out the week before and are now going into the next week as underdogs of three points or more are 43 and 10 and 1 since that happens against non-divisional teams. That is quite a stat. However, um, well, hey, that barely- no. Oh, but no, before you go anywhere, I'm not going to take credit for that stat. Um, I do my homework, but I, I, I don't have that much homework to do. That came out from Dr. Bob. So look up Dr. Bob. He's got a lot of nice things to say. And um, that came from him. So I, I've, I've got to credit him accordingly. But that is a, um, uh, what you call a telling stat. No, just like you said last week, you don't even like betting trends. What the fuck are you talking about? No, but I said I don't like this, certain This team tracks. is going to get eaten alive by Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, and those monsters of the midway. Five and a half points. I'll take them at ten and a half. Would you now? Fuck uh, yes. With David Johnson in the backfield. Yep. Now, you, I'm, I'm certain that Sam Bradford's you know, probably you know not who going to Hall of Fame. Hey, do you know who Arizona should think about trading for, for quarterback? I wonder if they could get Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, they already had him. Yeah, let him go. Stupid. Let him go. So did the Bills. So yeah. did the Jets. So did the yeah, list and, goes and, on. and you just listed three teams that perennially suck. Yeah, but I didn't mention Chicago because you got Trubisky. So we got Trubisky. It doesn't yeah, matter. I said it last week. All Trubisky needs to do is post like ten points because the defense will get seven, just like they did. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. As long as oh, the yes. Bears, as long as the Bears get seventeen points, you're not going to win. Well, not just this like team, not this team. Just like they did back in the day, right? It was it's like 1985 all over again. That's right, buddy. Um, you don't even need, an offense is just another whatever on the team for the Bears. Do we need a flux capacitor to get to where Chicago should be right now in 1985? 1.21 gigawatts. 1.21 gigawatts. No, you don't need a flex capacitor because it's here, baby. The monsters of the midway are back. The Bears are going to cover this spread. No problem. Stop, Bears. Stop, Bears. All right, Seattle at home. One and a half point favorites against Dallas. And Dallas can't get no respect. They played well against the G-Men last week. Now that, granted, was at home. And Seattle against the Bears looked pretty anemic. You're right on both accounts. Um, this is uh, this is kind of a tough game for me to pick. Um, I agree. We all I'd know probably Seattle, stay away. I'd, st- I'd I'm yeah. We stay all know away. what Seattle is at home. I mean, Russell Wilson 
just 40, 43 and 11 at home in Seattle. And that's because of their famous 12th man, the way they architected that, that uh, the particular stadium so that all the noise was contained inside to help their quarterback out. Uh, now you got Dallas coming over all across the country. And Dallas, I would, I would say that these two teams are fairly equal, but they're equal in different ways. So Seattle has a really shitty offensive line. And uh, Dallas has a fairly good offensive line. And Dallas, I think, has a fairly good pass rush. Now, Doug Baldwin is out. And I was going to say that I think their uh, receiving core is superior to that of the Cowboys because they have no one. But in this, Jesus, I, you know what? How about now, this? I, How about this? No. I'm taking the Cowboys because I don't think Russell Wilson can do it by himself anymore. And I agree with you that he's an awesome athlete and being 43 and 11 at home in Seattle is big, but that was when he had guys to actually help him out. They've traded away. That defense is a shadow of its former self. And uh, I, man, New York's defense wasn't that bad. They're not that bad this year. And Dallas, they did it. They looked good last week. I'm, I'm they did look good. I'm going to take them to go home. Yeah, but I'm going to take them to go here on the road, and I think that they uh, they cover this one and a half points because I think Seattle is literally a a two and, and fourteen team. All right, Maddie. Uh, let's carry on this trend. Go fuck yourself and take it the Seahawks. And only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! I want me some glory hope. All right, I'm the man in New Detroit. Uh, the Lions at home at Ford Field. They are six and a half point dogs to the New England Patriots. What do you think about that, uh, Andy? The New England Patriots. I'm uh, not sure if you heard, Matty, but the news is that Tom Brady wants a divorce. So you're saying that Giselle might be on the market and I've got a chance? No, um, not at all. Um, no, to the hoodie. Uh, quote unquote, if you're married 18 years to a grouchy person who gets under your skin and never compliments you, after a while, you want to divorce him. An unnamed source told ESPN's Ian O'Connor's book, Belichick, The Making of the Greatest Football Coach of All Time, comes out next week. Quote unquote, Tom knows Bill is the best coach in the league, but he's have enough of him. If Tom could, I think he would divorce him. So... You have one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, short for Joe Montana, wanting to divorce his coach. Now, in Pittsburgh, you have a future Hall of Famer in Antonio Brown not showing up to practice because he was pissed at his coaches. You've got Devontae Davis retiring in the middle of a goddamn game in Buffalo last week. I'm not worried about the NFL turning into a flag football league. I'm more concerned that it will look like a daytime soap opera. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Yeah, these fucking muffins and their feelings. Ronnie Lott didn't have feelings. He went into the locker room and said, cut my goddamn finger off so I could go back out there and play. 
Dick Buckus didn't have feelings. He was a sadist. That's what football is about. Um, I'm pretty sure anger is a feeling. Anyway, we all know Matt Stafford has got a horrible, horrible record against teams with a winning record. Um, to the tune of f- five and forty-four, so teams that ended the season uh, at plus five hundred. That's what his record five and forty-four. And guess what, Brady? I think he. I think it's uh, nineteen and three against the spread uh, on the road after a loss, and they have won all sixteen of their last eighteen road games. I'm very comfortably picking the Pats here. Yeah, it is boring when we agree, isn't it? I guess I, I agree. I, I don't even have much to add to that. Like the Pats going into Ford Field. Going into Ford Field isn't like going into Arrowhead or something like that. It's not something people talk about. They don't go, ooh. Oh, my God. Oh, You're going Jesus into God. Ford Field. Nighter, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ryan Fitzpatrick at home against Pittsburgh. They're plus one underdogs. And I'm, uh, does Ryan Fitzpatrick not get enough respect or what? Or is everybody thinking that that star is going to fall pretty soon? Well, I think that's a pretty good spread. And hey, hey, Tampa Bay, uh, the look ahead line at this at the end of preseason was actually minus six in favor of Pittsburgh. But since then, a lot of things have happened, and it's safe to say that Mike Tomlin has completely lost control of his locker room. Today, in an interview, Antonio Brown was quoted as saying, we're losing the game. We haven't won a game yet. For me, as a Steeler, that's unacceptable. I'm not on the sideline beg- begging for the ball or making statements. I'm pissed off. We're losing. We suck. <sighs> They're 0-1-1. One one. Really? How about drama time? Like, Jesus Christ, get your fucking head intact. I don't know what you think about it, Matty. I think that Tampa Bay wins. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense has uh, not played particularly well this year, and Big Ben is on a different page than the rest of his team. I. Uh, They're at home in Tampa Bay. Pittsburgh's having a rough go over, and it doesn't sound like it's getting better anytime soon. So, yeah, I'm going to take Tampa Bay with the point. Oh, good. You know what I'm doing, Manny? What's that? I'm taking the Steelers. Of course you are. You're a contrarian. I'm not really contrarian. I mean, this plus one, minus one, it, it fucking doesn't matter. But here's the reason. If Pittsburgh starts the first three games without a win, and, they, and as they say, they got um, Cincinnati and Baltimore breathing down their throat, and perhaps even the, the lowly Browns. That's not going to play well later. And they will rise to the occasion when they need to. We'll get this shit done. They're, this is not the first time they've gone through this sort of dramatic nonsense. Uh, and Tampa Bay already feels like they've won the Super Bowl. So you've got your quarterback there, uh, Mr. Fitzpatrick, he comes out of the locker room wearing Deshaun Jackson's gear, his uh, his jacket, his, his bling, and he comes out there looking like Conor McGregor. And he's all relaxed. He's cool. 
Everything's good, man. I threw him for 400 yards, two games in a row. Well, trust me, that's going to come back down and uh, regress itself this week. Uh, not the same that the Steelers have a great defense. They don't. Uh, they're missing some good guys, but uh, they're going to put, they're going to, this again, um, as I said earlier, I, I hate to say that it's a must win, but this is a statement game for the Steelers. And if the Steelers want to say, hey, we're still legit without Bell and even with Antonio Brown's antics, uh, we need to win. I, I, I'm looking for a decisive win here. It's time for our new segment, Andy's Total Prop Tease. And this is where Andy makes a recommendation on a point total, a proposition bet, and finally a teaser. And we invite our listeners to do the same thing on our Facebook page. A successful total prop tease is any combo that hits two out of three. So uh, take out your Swami hat, Mr. Prognosticator. Give us your week three thoughts. All right. So for the total, I am loving the Detroit Lions and New England Patriots game to go over 55. I think this is going to be a big shootout. And in fact, don't be surprised if Tom Brady puts up 55 points by himself. Now, the next one is a prop bet. It's fairly straightforward. Uh, This one takes place at Arrowhead Stadium with uh, my San Francisco quarterback, Jimmy G, going against uh, a fairly good-looking Patrick Mahomes. The longest TD will be more than 44 and a half yards, and I would be on the yes side of that uh, in minus 110. Finally, the teaser. This is going to be good. So we're going to take Houston, who's at minus six, to go out and pick them. And we're going to get Denver at plus 11. Um, drive that number up, and you should be should be uh, sitting pretty. So there you go. Thank you to all our fans for listening to episode three of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week two games across the NFL. From the Costa Nostra studios for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. <laughs>